0: The course of your lives will determine the course of humanity. Everything we've done to you is all done for a reason. Your trials have just begun. Welcome to the Scorch!
1: What the hell? Thomas, watch out!
0: It's time now to begin.
1: Phase two. Hey,
2: right.
1: The Scorch Trials. Rated PG 13.
3: Greetings, folks. This is Rico, and you're listening to Trucks in Sci-Fi, a podcast 555 for September 20th, 2015. That was a preview TV spot clip for Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, uh, the second part to that series uh, based on those books. I've seen the first one, The Maze Runner. I think that's what it was called, the full title. Maze Runner? Something like that. <laughs> But I like that and uh, I probably check this one out at some point in time too as well. Uh, it uh, it falls into that sort of, you know, Hunger Games, Insurgent, Divergent, the whole series of movies where in the future Young people, teenagers, early 20-age people will save us all. So, uh, hey, we got that look to look forward to, right? But until then, we have another uh, episode of the podcast today. I'm going to look at a classic uh, TOS episode. Yes, I still have some of those left to cover, believe it or not, after 10 years of doing the podcast. Uh, I am looking at a, a episode from Season 3 called wink of an eye and that will be today's show. We're going to play some clips, talk about it, talk about some other things. We've got a Comic-Con report from Columbus, Ohio uh, from Will Eagle uh, and he'll be uh, telling us all about one of his I think it's his first convention experience, I think if I remember correctly, but I'm sure he'll mention that on his clips as well that he just sent in to me just actually a short time ago. So I'll be kind of listening to them fresh uh, with you. But, uh, yeah, that's about it, I guess, to say for now. Uh, let's do the little opening musical theme, and I'll be right back, and we'll get into the main show.
2: I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are in black.
3: I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life.
0: My name is Optimus Prime.
2: I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. I
4: strength flows from the force, but beware
2: of the dark side. Iron oh. Oh. Oh, Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
3: listening to treks in sci-fi again hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of treks in sci-fi it's uh as i say many many times when i do a, a classic type show it, it always seems like it's been a while uh since of all the spacing of video shows and i had the 10th anniversary show last week i i played uh uh, that anomaly episode about Attack of the Clones. So yeah, it's been quite a while since I did one of these kinds of shows. It's kind of good to get back into the groove after uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, rest, uh, I guess you could call it, on, on doing this. But so let's see what's been going on. What should I talk about uh, first? Uh, I guess we we could talk a little bit about television. I, I haven't seen a lot of movies lately. Uh, it's uh, been a little bit of a drought on that to a degree. Movies out, I should say. But uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, I did see that uh, American Ultra. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I saw that a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, really. It was okay. Nothing fantastic. Uh, sort of, I guess, sci-fi-ish in a way, a little bit about a kind of a, a, a young person who's a super soldier but doesn't really realize it. You can tell all that from the the uh, previews for that movie that stars uh, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Kristen Stewart. So, uh, did see that. But, uh, television, yeah, the, the summer season's been pretty good, actually, I feel. Uh, we've had some good shows from the Sci Fi Channel, we've had uh, Killjoys, Dark Matter, Defiance. I kind of fell off on Dark Matter a little bit. I, I've got about five episodes left on my DVR for that one. I finished up Defiance for the season, finished up Killjoys for the season, really enjoyed the new Killjoys show. Enjoyed Defiance Season 3, hope it comes back. Killjoys and Dark Matter, I've heard uh, and read that they've both been officially renewed. Actually, I have not read if Defiance has been renewed. I hope it is. It kind of ends on kind of a cliffhanger a little bit. So, um, But both of the, all that stuff I've enjoyed over the summer. We have also uh, kind of a little bit of a techie sci-fi bent, but that show Mr. Robot, uh, I think it was on USA Network, make sure you check that out when you get a chance. very different kind of show, kind of somewhat disturbing in in some ways, really weird. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it uh, was very different than your typical TV show, and it is going to be getting another season. The other fun show is Halt and Catch Firehead Season 2 on this summer. That uh, is about the early days of computer computer uh, tech, back set back in the 80s. So that's a fun show. Uh, and uh, let me see, what else have I been watching? Oh, The New Walking Dead, I, I've been watching that.
1: I, I've liked
3: it. I, you know, it's a different take on things. I, I don't know if I'm up for two regular Walking Dead shows Uh, But at least it's kind of nice to have this during uh, the time before we get the the new season of The Walking Dead officially on uh, TV again, which should be starting, I think, in October. I think they're starting uh, a little bit uh, earlier than they have, maybe uh, early October. I think it's around the 10th or 11th, maybe, that weekend. Anyway, um, what else? The other shows that I've been watching... Oh, there was another one I was going to talk about. made such an impression, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess I could talk about Doctor Who, although we've only had one new episode of that just aired last night, uh, here in the States, at least. I won't say much about it, uh, because, of course, a lot of people, I'm sure, haven't seen it yet. I don't want to spoil anything, and I I never really try to do that, even after a few weeks it's been out. But that's great to be back. Uh, There was this little mini episode that they did, too, that aired here the day before, called The Doctor's Meditation. Uh, I don't know if others have seen that or are aware of that, but check that out, too, because it does sort of have a little connection to the the first episode of this season or series or whatever it's called. Uh, Peter Capaldi's back, Jenna Coleman, uh, and... Uh, Although in the news, it's been officially announced. I think this is her last go round, her last uh, series or season. I think she's moving on to something else. Maybe she'll end up in like a Christmas special or or the first season of next season. I don't. I don't know. I think, I think she's going to be in all the episodes uh, for this series or season. So yeah, that'll be. You know, Clara has been a great companion. I feel I I've really enjoyed her. So, uh, but we've got this year to to pretty much enjoy the rest of her performances as that character and. Uh, Peter Capaldi looks to be in great form looks like he's really enjoying uh his time as the doctor I think he's in a groove now I think he's gotten comfortable with it and I think they've uh I think he's going to be somewhat different than he was in the first go round, the first season the uh playing the part he seems a little bit more relaxed in a way and there are a lot of things going on in this first episode uh so um again not going to say anything but I enjoyed it uh yeah I think each season or series takes a little while to for me at least to get going and to get deep and and it's 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 really good it's interesting and everything going on but it's kind of a it's somewhat of a preview of things to come, somewhat, uh, this first episode, I, I feel, in some ways. But, uh, yeah, so that's back on the air. Uh, what else? Oh, Extant, I guess. I, I could talk a little bit about that. I actually still have the season finale to watch. Oh, I, speaking of season finales, Falling Skies ended its run. Uh, if um, anyone's been watching that series of the Alien Invasion show with Noah Wiley, uh, I've enjoyed that quite a bit. It's It's been a nice summer, fun show to watch. And uh, I think they resolved it pretty well. You know, an ending for a show is always a hard thing to do, especially when it's a show that has such this overarching big thing going on in the world. Uh, But I think they did a good job with uh, tying everything up, uh, and I was happy with that conclusion. Quite a few things ended, I guess, in a way. Uh, Extent, uh, as I said earlier, that's the Halle Berry sort of alien invasion type show uh on a a lower level lower scale than uh, falling skies i still have the season finale you know this year's uh, season has not really grabbed me as much as the first year the first year was just kind of it was okay it was it was enough to bring me back for the second year but I, i i don't know i i feel like they're kind of they're taking a lot of uh they're taking a lot of ideas and just kind of mushing them all together in a series. It, it, it seems a little somewhat disjointed and, and the direction is, is not quite there. I don't know. It's, it's okay. I'm kind of watching it now just because I started to watch it (laughs) truthfully because it's hard to stop, you know, in a way when you, when you've committed to a show, uh, that's why I have my little two or three episode rule of trying things out and then seeing what I'm going to stick with. And, uh, and that seems to have worked pretty well, but uh, but yeah, that uh, that show I has uh, been okay. I, I don't know. I, I'd be uh, frankly, I, I'm kind of hoping they kind of wrap, it, come to some kind of conclusion in this finale because I don't know. I have a feeling it might not come back next year. We also have Continuum back for its final season, a very short season of I think it's five or six episodes only. Uh, that's the sort of time travel tale with Rachel Nichols sci-fi series that's been great really good fun show strong female lead uh it just just really interesting very well done very well acted and uh an intriguing plot uh over the uh the course of the series so i highly recommend that i believe it's on netflix the the other seasons so check that out also i was very impressed with that uh humans tv show It, it uh it took a few episodes for me to really grab it or grab it. <laughs> it took a few episodes for me to become hooked on it. But by the end, I think it's actually one of the best shows to show a artificial intelligence type of situation with, with these artificial intelligent robots uh, working alongside and, and being uh, as helpers. Like, you know, everyone has this idea, especially when you look at the stuff that, you know, Japan puts out in the news that in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years or something we will have sort of automated robot helpers. I, I I think that it's a very likely thing to to the level, of course, that, that they have them in this show where they're basically, you can, you know, they're like data. I mean, they're even better than data. I mean, they look just like humans. Some of them act, you know, even completely like humans. But very uh, short uh, series, uh, but I think it's going to get another season. I highly recommend that one. Check that out as well. So lots of, uh, yeah, fun stuff to watch over the summer. I don't know, you know, some people I know will go on vacations and don't have a lot of time for television, but try to catch up on some of this stuff. It's it's good. Uh, quite a bit of it is really good, and uh, I enjoyed it, and it's nice to have some things to watch over the summer. Before the fall season, which kind of begins, it seems like, this week, we got a lot of new stuff coming. We've got that uh, new uh, TV version of Minority Report, which I believe starts tomorrow. Gotham is back tomorrow. Uh, Big Bang Theory is back tomorrow. Lots of stuff happening this week on television. A lot of s- shows coming back in the next few weeks, so uh, I'm getting excited. My TiVo is, is prepped, so <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, I think that was a lot to cover, uh, and I hope you found it interesting, I uh, running down what I've been uh, watching and, and getting, uh, you know, Getting a kick out of over the uh, warm summer months. I've also been doing a lot of work, uh, <laughs> work stuff, work, work, and travel. So it's been uh, it's been fun to have something to relax with in the evening. So, all right, I am going to take a break, and during this break, I'm going to play Will's uh, clip from Comic Con. I did. I think he sent this in two parts. He said there's a long clip of about eight minutes, and there's another one that's about a minute and a half. I think it has to do with his what he used to record with. Uh, whatever app or thing he used on his phone, I think. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to what he has to say. I'm really glad that he sent this in. I, I love it when uh, people who haven't done a lot of convention going get a chance to experience it. And I hope uh, I hope he had a good time. I think from the early things I heard from him, he, he enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not going to steal his thunder and say everything that I uh, saw that he did. Uh, but uh, anyway, here he is from uh, Ohio talking about Columbus Wizard World. And uh, take it away, Will.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Will. Will Eagle on the forum. And I just wanted to share with you about my uh, experience yesterday at the um, Columbus Comic Con done by Wizard World. Rico wanted me to send in a report to let you know how it went. Um, Actually, we had a great time. Um, When we got there, it was actually really easy to check in and get our uh, wristband and... um, we got a free uh, Walking Dead uh, comic. It was actually, I think, number one issue. Um, but once you get that, you can of course go walk on the dealer's floor or you know, whatever you want to do, pretty much. Um, there were actually a lot of conventions going on. There was one for Mac Tools, and I think there was a dentist thing going on. So quite a bit going on just in that one big building. Of course, they were all kind of separated. Um, but pretty much one of the first things we did was Of course, walk around a little bit, checking out some of the booths and stuff. uh, Just a little bit. Got to see a lot of cool um, people dressed up. Uh, There was a group of Avengers dressed up. Um, There were some Doctor Who guys. And the uh, dad was dressed as the Matt Smith Doctor Who. And the young kid was dressed as the Tom Baker Doctor Who. Which I thought was kind of a good contrast. And then there were, of course, a lot of Harley Quinns there. Um, but that was pretty fun, just walking around, checking out all the people dressed up. Um, if you see my pictures on the form, you can tell me and my wife, we didn't dress up too much. Um, and there was actually, before you go into the sales floor or to the um, dealer's floor, there was a gentleman, a policeman actually, uh, checking weapons. He, and he had to put a yellow tie on all the uh, toys or weapons that people were carrying into the uh, conv- on the convention floor. Um, one of the first things we ended up doing that morning was getting a photo op done with William Shatner. You know, William Shatner is definitely my favorite Star Trek actor by far, and just to meet him, even though he only got to talk for a couple minutes, or not even that long really, um, was just, to me, was just totally amazing. Um, and, I mean, Captain Kirk did look at me and say, thank you, so, uh, what more would you what? Or what more could you ask for? So, a lot of fun. Very, very cool. Uh, we got a, you know, the photo really quick. And uh, we even got the digital part too. So that we could mess around with it a little bit more. But so, so much fun. Really, really enjoyed that. And then, uh, after the photo op. Um, the panels were going to start. And we actually went up to talk. Or to listen to Michael Roker. Um, sorry if I mispronounced that name. But he had just a half an hour to talk, but he was really good. He actually got down and was talking to people and walking up to them and letting them ask their questions, and he walked right me, right by the wife and I probably three or four times. But he was actually really, really good, really funny. And people were, of course, asking him all kinds of different stuff. And then uh, he was probably, out of the ones that we got to go to, he was probably my favorite one as far as just being funny and fun stuff like that. I mean, they were all interesting, but it was probably the funniest. Um, after we went to Michael Rooker, we actually had a chance to go down, and this was my uh, comic-looking time. So I went through a bunch of comics and ended up actually getting 40 comics. Um, of course, they were two for a dollar, so how could you go wrong there? So, of course, then I had a big old heavy bag to carry the rest of the day, but it was worth it. But after we did that, we actually went back up and uh, William Shatner had his talk and of course he was interesting and fun um, he's actually got a, a new show coming out on NBC a reality show he did with Terry Bradshaw and um, George Foreman and I can't remember the other two but they are going to be in um, Asia and he had never been to Asia so it has something to do with none of them ever being to Asia before um, after William Shatner I mean almost immediately after we went down and talked or listened to Carl Yoon talk from Arrow um of course that was interesting and I'll be honest I had forgotten that his uh, character was killed off there at the end of the uh, at the end of the season um so of course people were asking him about that um he was the only one that really actually had a host with him um no, none of the other ones we went to did but he did have one uh but he was seemed like a really really nice guy and he's actually not a very big guy I thought he was gonna be seemed I guess they always seem bigger on t v but He was actually a pretty, uh, pretty small guy, short guy. The last panel we went to was 1940 World War II in comics. Um, Three gentlemen, um, most of them authors, and previously worked with the comic, uh, in in the comic book industry. Um, One of them is actually a um, publisher for uh, Simon & Schuster, I think it was. And they were, it was, I thought it was interesting, Um, but I thought they were going to cover something a little bit different. Than what they actually did, but it was actually uh, about 45 minutes, and they had, uh, and then the wife actually ended up taking a nap during that. She didn't get into that too much, but I thought it was interesting. I had a I had a good time in there. Um, not many people asked too many questions in that because they pretty much was just talking and telling you about things. And then the last thing we ended up doing after that was go back to the uh, dealer's room. And that's where we finished our day. We actually uh, walked around a little bit more, but we really wanted to check out the uh, vehicles that they brought in. They had brought in the Batmobile, Kit, and um, a Jurassic Park Jeep from the original movies. Um, well, we got the chance to uh, get our picture taken with Kit, and you got to sit inside the car, outside the car, or whatever, pretty much what you want, whatever you wanted to do, and. When we were sitting there in the car, um, it was all dark, and he says, say, kit, activate. So I did, and of course, everything in that car lit up, and that was uh, that was actually pretty darn cool. Um, but he took a lot of pictures of that, and I, I think I put a couple of those on the form as well. Um, but we really enjoyed that. I always liked that car, loved that show. And then, after that, we uh, were by the Batmobile, but it was a little steep price for me i thought um you just got one pic sitting in the car and we just didn't want to do that where the guy doing the kit and as we found out the guy doing the jurassic park jeep they took you know multiple pictures for you so we did go over to the jeep got pictures taken with that as well which i thought was pretty cool they had some stuff there you could put on and try on to take the picture with but we didn't do that we just went as is but it's still kind of a cool idea to put on the hat and the jacket if you wanted to But that was also a lot of fun, and we pretty much after that just looked around the shop a little bit more or some of the uh, dealer's tables a little bit more. Um, Had a really good time. Definitely want to do it again, Um, and hopefully maybe even for next year when it comes around. Um, And they might have hopefully some more Star Trek actors since it's going to be the 50th uh, year for Star Trek. Hopefully they'll have more Star Trek actors there. Um, Still enjoyed it, um, even though they only had actually pretty much the one Star Trek actor. So to finish up, just wanted to say that I think Wizard World did a really good job with the uh, convention. Everything seemed to go real smooth. I never heard of any troubles or issues or anything, so that was pretty awesome. Um, Again, we just really enjoyed it. Definitely want to go again. Um, And too bad it's going to be a whole year before the next one but it's so nice because it's so close to home it doesn't take us long to get over there at all Um, i mean we really got there pretty quick got to park really close so just an overall great experience it was so so awesome to meet william shatner um and it was nice to you know go and listen to the uh, some of the other folks talk you know about what they're doing and what they've been doing and just the overall great experience Um, i appreciate rico allowing me to do this i hope everybody Finds a, at least a little bit interesting, and everybody, please live long and prosper.
3: Well, thanks so much, Will. Uh, I'm glad that you and your wife had a great time. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, I I think Wizard World is getting really uh, smart and and learning and getting good at the whole registration thing and the uh, you know handling these events. I was very impressed a few weeks ago when I went to Wizard World Chicago, which is a huge show. A lot of people and and they really handled it well i think i mentioned that on my uh vid show that i did for that one so yeah really glad that you uh went i know i was kind of encouraging you to get that a, a little bit on the forum and get that photo taken with william shatner you know i know these things cost money but they're they're kind of once in a lifetime opportunities you know i now um now i'm kicking myself that i i haven't done that yet with with william shatner uh he's he's one of my big time heroes too so i uh Next opportunity, if I'm at a con and he's at, I'm getting one, no matter what. So uh, may, who knows? Maybe he'll turn up in Austin this year. You know, he, he does this, like he did Motor City this year here in uh, Michigan. Uh, he was here in uh, May, and I, I should have probably gotten an autograph then <laughs> or a picture or both. Uh, but, uh, but it was the very last minute. I mean, it was literally like a couple days before the con that he announced or they announced he was coming. So it's still possible maybe he'll be down in Austin this year, but I'll, I'll catch him sometime. But I'm really glad that you sent in the report. Thanks so much for that. I'm glad that you had a great time. And uh, yeah, you know, hey, you know, the, if you want to go to another con, uh, Chicago's not that much of a drive. I know you then you got to stay and find hotel and things like that unless you're going to drive there and drive back in one day, which would be killer. <laughs> That'd be a lot from uh, from Ohio or from Michigan. But but anyway, thanks for the report. Um, I've actually got one other audio here that I want to play now before I get into the Star Trek episode. Uh, Jedi Jeff uh, just sent in uh, to me uh, uh, an audio clip. This is basically uh, Jeff was one of the ones that listened to the and watched the live uh, 10th anniversary podcast uh, vidcast uh, on Ustream a couple of weeks ago, and he won the contest. Uh, this was done during the first round on the video for those that know uh, or don't know, uh, I did the show actually twice because the the video didn't record on Ustream the first time, my fault, but I didn't click the right button or whatever. But uh, so I did the show again later on. But anyway, the first go around we did a contest, and Jeff won, and I sent him a little uh, a little gift for that. And here's his comments about that.
4: Hi Rico, this is Jeff Jedi Jeff on the uh, Trex and Sci-Fi forums, and I'm just dropping you a line to uh, give you a big thanks for the. Uh the uh, prize that you uh, sent out to me uh, just uh, recently uh, for winning the uh, contest uh, for the uh, anniversary uh, podcast so I'd like to thank you for that actually uh, you just uh, putting on the podcast each week is a gift in itself but to to win the prize and get such a cool prize pack from you is uh, uh, you know it's really great and I'd like to thank you um, kinda when I opened it up uh, it was pretty cool I got uh, what we got here is a pop vinyl um, Cylon Centurion figure uh, from the uh, classic uh Battlestar Galactica and uh, like I say I, you must have read my mind because I'm a big uh, classic uh Battlestar Galactica fan so really looking forward to adding this guy into my collection i gonna figure out where to put him I might put him on my uh, desk possibly downstairs uh, beside where I make my models and have some of my other uh, Battlestar Galactica stuff so um have to go and have a look and see where he might go uh go best. I also have a few other spots where I have some uh, Ballastar Galactica uh, collectibles so we might go there as well too so that's cool. Also I'd really like to thank you for the uh, Star Trek Ship of the Lines um, calendar for uh, 2016. I, I love these calendars to be honest with you. Um, I get them every year so I got a head start now you got me one so I don't have to look for one now. And I'm looking forward to uh, displaying this come uh, 2016 because the artwork in these are just beautiful. I love them. Each year um, this one's uh, really beautiful. It's got a picture of the NCC 1701 D on the front of the uh, calendar and then kind of looking on the back at some of the renderings. This looks like maybe one of the stronger years for this um, this calendar because they got a lot of beautiful uh, pictures and uh, I'm just really excited to get this up here because I just I really love this love these calendars. So really thankful that uh, you um, You got this for me. Again, you're kind of reading my mind here and uh, something that I really like. So uh, thanks again, Rico, for all that you do in the uh, podcast and uh, all the best uh, for uh, uh, the upcoming uh, shows. Uh, This is Jedi Jeff signing off. Well, cool,
3: Jeff. I'm glad you got that stuff. Uh, Yeah, Jeff uh, got the uh, contest prizes for uh, watching the live uh, Ustream show, so uh, congrats on that. he was one of uh, those that watched the first <laughs> go-around of that uh, that will never be seen ever again, uh, lost to the uh, internet. Anyway, so with that, uh, let us move on now to uh, the episode of the week after a half hour into the podcast. We're going to look at Wink of an Eye. Look at it pretty quickly. This is from Season 3 of the original series. Here is the intro and first clip I'm going to play. Gips
2: log, start date 5710.5. Lieutenant Commander Scott reporting. While exploring an outer quadrant of the galaxy, the Enterprise received distress calls from an apparently uninhabited, incredibly beautiful city on the planet of Scalus. Captain Kirk and the landing party have beamed down to investigate. Kirk, Enterprise. What do your sensors read? They register something, sir, but I'm blessed if I can figure out what it is. Specify. I can't get a fix on it. Sensors don't pinpoint your location. We may have a malfunction. I'm about to check socket, sir. You do that. Lieutenant Uhura, does the location of the distress call correspond with this area? Exactly.
0: Yes, sir. I am still receiving visual A contact. Signals. I can see them, but I can't see you.
2: Check coordinates. Is it the same area? Coordinates correspond, Captain. Well, apart from the landing party, there's no one here. There are no Scalosians.
0: The distress
1: call is very strong, Captain. They are pleading for immediate
2: assistance. Check circuits for malfunctions, Kirk out.
3: All right, so some background in this episode. Uh, this episode is from Season 3. It is, uh, let's see, the uh, 69th of 80 produced TOS episodes. It, for episodes. it first aired on November 29th, 1968. The remastered version aired on January 13th, 2007. Teleplay by Arthur Henneman, a story by Lee Cronin, directed by Judd Taylor. Uh, this episode is is what's known as kind of a bottle show. It's, it's completely, well, there's one quick little scene, but it's basically set aboard the Enterprise. It, it was a fairly inexpensive show to produce. Uh, bottle shows are, you know, Galactica has done them. I mean, a lot of series. Trek, of course, has done them. They're basically shows that are uh, contained to a smaller budget and have limited, you know, new things they have to make, either costumes or sets or anything like that. Uh, Locations are usually not used. It would just be pretty much a shipboard episode. The basic premise of this is there's a planet called Scalos that seems to be, uh, it's emitting this uh, distress signal, as you heard in that intro. And, uh, you know, uh, landing party goes down to investigate. They don't see anyone. They come back to the ship, and then strange things start to kind of happen, basically. Uh, it is uh, is very similar to an episode of The Wild Wild West where somebody was um, – there was a bank robber. It was called The Night of the Burning Diamond. And there was a villain in that episode that it was able to hyper-accelerate himself with this elixir that was able to then steal uh, – easily and you know without getting caught and everything like that it also even had the um, it was called the night of the burning diamond because uh, they said with his hyper acceleration uh, friction w- was was a danger and uh, excessive movement could actually set the person on fire which is kinda interesting when you think about it a little bit because uh, it, for those that watch the flash television show they uh they created uh in the early episodes of the first season last year you know, Barry has, uh, the Flash has this special suit that he wears because what he was finding when he used his regular clothes and he was running, they would sort of get torn apart. And by the acceleration and the speed that he was running, although he, he did that later in, in episodes and, they didn't always kind of keep, you know, keep that, um, a, as a tight rule, you know, he'd, there were times where he had to run and he was in his normal clothes and it didn't really seem to hurt them. But uh, the point being is, is anybody anybody that can move that fast, the, their, their body, their clothing could could be an issue or a problem. So th- this is sort of uh, an episode that was inspired a little bit by that. Uh, Gene Kuhn, uh, who is a producer both on The Wild Wild West and TOS, uh, there, there are definitely some things here uh, similar between those episodes uh, so I think this is an episode, though overall, that's kind of interesting to watch. I like some of what's going on here. It's not by any means a favorite episode. This the season three episodes tend to be a little weaker overall, and this is this is kind of like that. It's probably why it's taken me this long to uh, to cover it, but uh, it's an interesting one. I think the guest star, the main one, Dila, uh, played by what's her name, Kathy Brown. Uh, she is is I think she's good. she's appealing and another love interest for Kirk, although the funny thing about this episode is that she's actually she's she comes on to Kirk and is more interested in Kirk than actually Kirk Kirk is into her really you know in a way, although he doesn't really fight it too much. Uh, but uh, you know she's kind of also wanting his ship and uh, yeah, that's not gonna really you're not gonna get between you know Kirk might go for the girls but you're not going to get between Kirk and his ship. You know, that's his, that's his first love period. And so she, she's kind of like you know, the first time they meet, uh, she just walks over to him and kisses him. And he's like, Oh, okay. It's going to be one of those kind of episodes. Right. But anyway, let me play another clip for you here and I'll come back in a minute. We'll continue with our look at this one.
2: That was no force field. Something shot me back. They're in here. You! What are you doing in my ship? Show yourselves. It seems that we may look at it, Captain, but that is all. A show of strength. Yes, evidently they're convinced that we can do nothing to stop them. And they wish to impress upon us what they can do to us. Have your readings been fed into the computer? Affirmative. Readout.
3: Yeah, so after the landing party comes back, they discover in um, an area of engineering that there is this um, this little machine, this little device that's been installed that's kind of messing with the ship and messing with the Enterprise. And Spock and Kirk could go to check it out, and, and it has this um, sort of force field, in a way, about it. You can't really touch it without getting, like, this cold kind of shock uh, that happens to you so it's um it, it's you know they can't seem to uh, stop it uh, basically and they you know they're they're there and you know they they feel that something's up on the ship they start start to hear all these little like insect buzzing kind of noises and they heard it when they were down on the planet as well and there was a uh, one of the landing party actually a red shirt here's a red shirt issue. Our redshirt problem. Oh, by the way, uh, make sure you watch the new season. It started just last Monday. The first episodes up of season two of the Redshirt Diaries, and I should be having a uh, an interview soon with Ashley and Jason uh, from that. Uh, so uh, look forward to that on future Treks and Sci-Fi episodes. But check out Redshirt Diaries. So yeah, redshirt disappears from the planet, and there's this buzzing noise in this episode. And they keep thinking it's an insect on the planet, but then they hear it on the Enterprise. And it turns out that that high-pitched whine is the kind of sound that the Scalosians make when they're in this hyper-accelerated state of being. Uh, them running, I guess, by you makes a makes this weird kind of noise, which uh, I think is based off a communicator sound that they amplified a little bit from what I read. So, uh, so yeah, eventually uh, what happens is... Um, dila they have this there's a material in the sclosion water that uh, if you ingest it uh, you become uh, you become in this you move into this hyper accelerated fast motion state and dila sort of contaminates kirk's coffee on the bridge and then he becomes uh, he basically looks like he vanishes to the rest of the crew and then uh, he sees Dela there, and he can see her because now he's moving as fast as she is. And this next clip, I believe, uh, is the two of them meeting and, and, and kissing and talking for the first time. Captain. So yeah, Kirk uh, and Dila, you know, get to know each other a little bit, and you know, one thing leads to another. Well, that's later on, but anyway, the the other main uh, person in this episode is Raal, who is played by Jason Evers, who is sort of uh, he has sort of an unrequited unrequited love for uh, Dila, and that that causes some of the uh, situations and things to happen in this episode uh, between uh, Kirk and the 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 triangle love thing of Dila, Rahl, and Kirk. But, uh, yeah, so Kirk's pretty restrained, actually, for being Kirk here. Uh, He's trying to figure out what's going on and and learning a little bit from Dila along the way. And let's see, what else did I want to say at this stage? Um, Again, uh, this episode, it moves pretty straightforwardly, I think. I, I think there's not a lot of surprises here beat uh, of what's going on it'll jump a little bit between uh kirk and dila and then the the enterprise crew trying to figure out where did kirk go what happened spock's kind of working with mccoy on, on learning what's going on i love uh i think the character of Dila is interesting you know she's uh, they didn't do this a lot in star trek and this is a case of she's she's kind of in charge she's a female in charge of the she she's she says she's their queen and then ma- wants to make Kirk their king uh, and you know they've uh, you know that's that's something a little different you know usually it's a guy in charge on on you know enemies that they have to deal with there are women involved but they're not usually in charge like she is and she has an interesting outfit on uh, it's 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 similar to other costumes that the women alien women especially on on the original series war uh they they always tried this little trick of like having half the costume kind of gone like it was just like a, a way for them if those that uh, know Star Trek real well and know this era and t- time frame there was a thing that Gene Roddenberry ran into a lot where they couldn't show like the belly button of women on on the uh in in any costume that they made So, you know, they don't show their belly button, but, boy, they show the whole right side of her in this episode. You know, there's, like, her whole leg is showing, the side of her is showing, but you don't see her belly button. Oh, my goodness, you know. I just find it humorous, you know. It's like—and that happens time and time again in in Star Trek, especially in the original series. The the female costumes uh, were—especially, like, um, I'm thinking of Carolyn Palamas uh, from— who mourns for Adonis? That episode, costume very similar in 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 pattern, where one side of it was very open and uh, and very flowing. I I I've never been able to quite figure out how that whole thing stays together and, and doesn't come apart. I mean, lots of uh, tape and and string or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, but she's very attractive. Kirk is certainly interested, but you know he's he's kind of playing coy, and and uh, you know for everyone that knows, Kirk knows that you know he's kind of playing her throughout this whole episode. All right, let's go with another clip. Let's see what's up next on the ones that I saved. I think this next one is just basically a bunch of information from uh, from Dila about what uh, what the situation is and and that. So here we go with that.
0: To their ears, you sound like an insect. Oh, that's your description, Captain. Accurate if unflattering. Really, there is nothing wrong with them. What well, have you done? Changed you. So you are like me now. Your crew cannot see you or any of us because of the acceleration. We move in the wink of an eye. Well, there is a scientific explanation for it. But all that really matters is that you can see me and talk to me. We can go on from there. Why? I like you. Didn't you guess? Or are you so accustomed to being kissed by invisible women? Oh. Um
2: A dealer. <laughs> Is this why you sabotaged my ship?
0: Oh, it has not been sabotaged. We we had to make some changes in it to adjust it to us. You said we? Yes, of course. My chief scientist and his crew. I am their queen. You are going to be their king. You'll enjoy living on Scalis.
2: What about my ship? My crew?
0: Oh, in a few of their moments, they will realize that you have vanished. They will look for you.
3: will not find you all right so we kind of figured out what's going on here uh a couple of side things about this episode uh doesn't really appear much in this episode there's a little recycled shot of him near the end uh of the episode i believe again uh, a bottle show try to keep it pretty low cost the um the environmental engineering room where they spend a little bit of time is just sort of a redress of the briefing room set in this episode uh, changed around a little bit by uh, Matt Jeffries. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, there are some other uh, reuses of, of sets. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, there's a, a re- reusing of even footage in this. The Scotty, of who's recording uh, a ship's log at the beginning, they sort of reuse some footage there from a previous episode from the Empath, actually. Uh, so, again, trying to keep and save some budget here. Uh, on this episode the uh the scolosion weapon is is kind of cool it looks a lot like one of mccoy's medical instruments it's a piece of aluminum lathe uh again designed by matt jeffries uh it's uh it's very uh similar to some other things we see in season three i think some of the cloud minders had similar like looking weapons and so forth um but uh the idea of this story again like i said wild wild west was an influence there was also an hg wells story called the new accelerator that had a similar concept involved so th- this this concept of something super fast uh is is not uh uncommon all right um the uh Oh, I should also mention the whole background of the Skolosians is it was some radiation poisoning that they had transformed this population and accelerating them out of the normal time frame, uh, out of time from. Uh, what am I saying? <laughs> out of the normal time space frame and making them also sterile. So, so the the reason they're trying to go after Kirk and some of the Enterprise crew is is to procreate. They if they. If they can't get other new blood basically in there they're going to die out um and then uh so that leads into this next clip that i have which kirk is recording a a message on the computer and dila it doesn't seem to think it's going to be a problem because they're moving so fast that before the message can even be heard by uh, by the crew they'll be gone and everything will be done so kirk records this little message that's this next clip and you know that that's one of the problems with this episode it's got a you know got a few things that are kind of clunky about it but if they move as fast as they say and, and you get different at different points in time you get different ideas for that there, there really shouldn't have been a chance for anyone aboard the enterprise to do anything about it like for them to develop an uh, a cure for the scolosion water to to do it just doesn't make sense there's no real the only way that would have worked if you don't get an idea that a lot of time is passing in the accelerated frame of reference with Kirk and Dela. You get an idea maybe a day or two has passed. So, you know, that should have given the Enterprise crew a little bit of time, but not as much as they appear to have. So that there's a little missing sink there, in my opinion, about, like, if they had somehow all the work that the Sclosians would have had to do on the Enterprise would have taken them weeks, then it would have, you know, if they could have had, like, you know, Some little mention like that, it would have worked a little, think a little bit better. But I've always, when I've watched this episode, I've always thought about that. I said, you know, they shouldn't have really had a chance to stop them at all. You know, Kirk could have done something. He was in the accelerated state, but nobody else should have been able to really do anything or come up with what they did. So that that's one of the little hitches. But anyway, let me play uh, the next clip. This is Kirk's recording as Dila's just sort of watching him, and that, this idea comes up here to me particularly because she says, by the time they hear that, it'll be too late, and she's right. Except they all they go and do it anyway. They, you know they do hear the recording. So uh, so I'll play that for you now.
0: You won't accomplish anything, but it may be historically valuable.
2: Hyper acceleration is the key. I have counted only five of them aboard, but they have taken over the ship, and we are under their control due to this acceleration. They are able to speed others up to their level, as they did Compton and me. Presumably this is enslavement. Those so treated exist at this accelerated level, becoming... Docile, eventually. But when... Damaged. Damaged. They age incredibly fast. As though accelerated living...
0: Burns them out.
2: Burns them out. Compton was burned out. The device attached to the life support systems produces a an extreme numbing cold. It is my belief that they are turning the Enterprise into a gigantic deep freeze for purposes only the Scalosians know.
0: Quite correct.
3: Okay. Uh, another thing that happens here that they discover is this business about... Um, uh, you know being in this accelerated state it doesn't catch you on fire like in that Wild Wild West episode but you get um you you unnaturally age if you get hurt any in any way you uh you will you will unnaturally age and and die and uh Compton who disappeared at the beginning Kirk and him have a little bit of a struggle and he uh he gets hurt and then you see him age and uh he dies so, uh, so that's something that's a little bit, uh, you know, a little scratch can just can just kill you. That's a bit of a problem. <laughs> you know, don't get a paper cut in when you're uh, after you've uh, been on Scalos and drank the water there. There's the rule. Don't drink the water on Scalos. Just don't drink the water in Mexico. But if you do it in Scalos, you're gonna die if you get a paper cut. So we've got that problem. Uh, again, the episode it's got some interesting things, and i'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. I'll wait a little bit. I, I had an I, this episode also always gave me an idea about something. I think I'll save that uh, to the end. Basically, it gave me an idea for a sequel to this episode. So let me uh, I'll save that idea to the end here. Let me play uh, the next clip. So, like I was saying earlier, one of the things that goes on in this episode is there's a love triangle situation with Raul, uh, Dila, and Kirk. And of course, Kirk and Rawl kind of fight a little bit, and, uh, and and somehow Kirk doesn't get hurt at all, which is surprising. You know, a bruise or a scratch, nothing happens. And then Dila has to stop them. She she sort of stuns Rawl uh, to stop him, and uh, they they have a couple of neat things in this. I, I like the they have these little communicators uh, that the uh, Scalosians use. they are these little star shaped things, almost looks like a piece of jewelry on their collar. That they tap and stuff to communicate with each other when they're aboard the Enterprise, and and I when I when I see that, I, it it always makes me think about the uh, the com badges in TNG. I always think it's very it seems very similar, you know the 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 ones the Skolians have seem to actually have some controls and some ways to do different things rather than just a quick tap like the uh, the com badges on the um, that the uh, TNG crew used, and I always thought that was kind of a funny thing. I suppose that uh, they needed to have something, something mechanical happen or emotion or whatever. But I always thought with all of our days or, or, or the things that we have these days, especially of voice command and, and always listening devices, that there really should have been no reason for TNG com badges to need to be tapped. There could have been just a command. like It, it could have just been waiting for you to say a sequence, like kind of like Xbox One does right doesn't xbox one say something like xbox one you you say that or or that that amazon device that that's out there right now you call it by name or something and then that triggers it to activate and listen to what you're saying you know you could have just said you know Combadge or something you know activate or 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 picard to enterprise should have been enough of a phrase to to activate it but they always would bang their chest i always thought that was sometimes i just thought that was funny when i when i watched that for a while all right, uh, what do we got here? So the the fight, yeah, I think uh, that's the next clip, actually. So let me play that for you now.
0: Now stop it. Did he damage you, Captain? No. How very fortunate for you, Rhea. Don't you dare do anything like that again. It's contemptible.
2: And don't torment me. You know how I feel.
0: I don't care what your feelings are i don't want to know that aspect of it what i do is necessary and you have no right to question it allow me the dignity of liking the man i select is the transporter repaired no i have more work to do don't you think you'd better do it
3: Okay, uh, yeah, this episode, the, the clips are a little harder to, to know what's going on. I think it's some of the things, like always, there's a little more visual uh, effect uh, than, than what you are hearing for the audio. The It always depends on the dialogue to a degree. Um, I think we're kind of wrapping it up. Yeah, getting near the end here. Two more clips. One of them is kind of long, but the second-to-last one here that I wanted to play for you, what happens is Spock ends up... Um, drinking some of the sclosion water on purpose to kind of join kirk he figures they figure out kind of what's going on they hear the recording and everything and and then since spock knows it works kirk seems to be okay because he made the recording he accelerates himself and then goes to help kirk destroy this little environmental device that they're trying to you know basically freeze the enterprise so they can you know have new uh genetic blood for their for their species and uh, so then the, this clip, next one is Kirk meets up with Spock and they go destroy the the device in uh, environmental engineering uh, with Raul there and they kind of stun him and get rid of him out of the way there. So let me play that.
0: Well, come captain. It's time to leave your pretty ship.
2: The unit is activated dealer down at once.
0: Your crew will be all right. You said so yourself. I'm sorry. He's broken away. He's armed. I'm ready for him. very clever, Captain. You tricked me. I should have known that you would never adjust. What shall we expect from you now?
2: We could put you in suspended animation until we determine what to do with you.
0: Your survival does not depend on that.
2: No, it doesn't. What do you want us to do with you?
0: Don't make a game of it, Captain. We've lost.
2: If I sent you back to Scalas, you'd undoubtedly play the same trick on the next spaceship that passed by.
0: There won't be any others. You'll warn them. Your Federation will quarantine the entire area.
2: Yes, I suppose it would.
0: And we will die and solve your problem that way. And ours.
3: All right, so they've almost gotten back. Everything is pretty much under control now. The Rahl's down on the ground. The device is destroyed. Kirk... You know, all he really did was basically quickly grab Deela's uh, little uh, weapon off her wrist, and that's that. Then he, you know, was able to stop this whole thing. So it was fairly simple. Spock comes to help him, but the the thing about that is that Spock doesn't actually help him very much. Uh, you know, destroy the device. Kirk uses the the scalosian weapon because, of course, the phasers. Uh, are found to be ineffective in the accelerated state. The the phasers are too slow and you can move things out of the way. Although the device wouldn't be able to move, so maybe they could have blasted it with a phaser and that would have been okay. But anyway, I've got the last clip, the last clip of the episode. This one's about three minutes or a little bit more long, so it's a little longer. But it was hard to cut this one. I, I felt like a, it, this kind of wraps things up pretty well. So let me play the whole thing for you and then I'll come back and uh, give you my fam- final blah 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 (laughs) give you my final comments about a wink of an eye now
0: what about your problem captain and your Vulcan friend
2: if you will devote yourself exclusively to the concerns of Scalos madam we shall be pleased to remain and take care of the Enterprise
0: you could still find life on Scalos very pleasant very brief it'll be just as brief here you cannot get back to your own level No answer, Captain. Do I displease you so much? Oh,
2: no. I can think of nothing I'd rather do than stay with you, except staying alive. captain. Well, Mr. Spock, what have you got? Dr. McCoy and I have synthesized a possible counteragent to the Scalosian water. Regrettably, we did not have the opportunity to test it. Let's test it. You do seem to be moving very slowly, Captain. Master. Spock. Captain Kirk, where the blazes did you come from? Out of the nowhere, into the here. And Mr. Spock, is he coming too? Yeah. Log, start date 5710.9. Mr. Spock has remained in accelerated time so that he might effect repairs to the ship more rapidly. Somebody's repairing every console on the ship. This panel is being re-circuited at an incredible speed. I think we've located Mr. Spock. Lieutenant, are your circuits clearing? Yes, sir. Cancel red alert, Mr. Salute. Aye, sir. Open all channels. Captain, the crew. Repairs are now being effected by Mr. Spock. The ship will resume normal operations almost immediately. Mr. Spock, my compliments to your repair work and yourself. Thank you, Captain. I found it an accelerating experience. Yes. No malfunctions anywhere? Lieutenant.
1: I'm sorry, sir. I touched the tape button accidentally. I'll take it off.
2: That's no malfunction?
1: No, sir.
3: So it's, it's an okay episode. It's got an attractive alien lady. Uh, Kirk isn't totally smitten by her. Oh, one thing about that relationship. There's a scene in this episode that probably TOS gets the closest to to uh, allowing a, quote-unquote, sex scene ab- aboard a Star Trek, uh, the original series. There's a scene where Kirk and Dela are in his quarters, and and Kirk's pulling on his boot. Dila's like, fussing with her hair, and it's pretty obvious that they've just let's say, they were getting dressed again after something. So uh, it, it's something that the censors kind of let go, uh, which, which is a little surprising, you know, based on the 60s era this came out in. But uh, it's the closest, really, that they ever get to something like that. I mean, there's a lot of hugging and kissing and Kirk, you know, womanizing and stuff, you know, throughout the series. But this, uh, I think, episode was a little bit, uh, pushed it just about as far as they could. So, uh, you know, nowadays it seems so, like, ridiculously tame you know when you think about what they show and do on tv but anyway i wanted to point that out so uh you know they 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 push them off the ship the the thing that i find a little disturbing about this is there's not really much of an exchange of like hey we could help you we can do this or we can try some things or whatever they don't really there's not a lot that goes on there all that happens is like hey we're going to keep people away from here because you'll lure them in uh, they sort of leave the Scalosians there, which seems a little strange to me, that They, that, uh, to, to a point. Of course, they did try to hijack the Enterprise, so hey, screw them, right? <laughs> but here's here's my idea for a follow-up to this. A follow-up, not so much to help the Scalosians maybe, but I always was really fascinated by this hyper-accelerated um, part of this episode where Spock is repairing the Enterprise. If you think about like the Ultimate Computer episode, you think about Spock here— changing and fixing systems and everything happening super fast, what if there was an episode that they uh, intentionally got or synthesized some of this water or used it to accelerate a whole crew in order to better battle somebody, like if they needed to react, have the ship react faster or repair itself faster? You know, if you had a a crew that was moving in in an accelerated state, uh, then uh, that would be a huge advantage, Right. I mean, the ship—the ship is being controlled by humans, and it's been shown uh, on the original series, at least, that that is a factor on how fast it can react and do things. In the ultimate computer, the computer takes control of the Enterprise, and and it basically, you know, ha- takes on four other starships and 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 cuts them to pieces. So, you know, the 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 human is the is the weak link in there. Anyway, I just thought it would be interesting if they ever messed around with, you know playing with that and maybe they would find a way to to stop the accelerated aging if you got hurt you know you push your switch on the bridge you're trying to fire your weapons or do something and you lean down you bump your head and you die or whatever but uh, I thought there was an easy way to follow up this episode with something or they could have followed it up with uh, Scalos you know helping them in some way maybe going back there and uh, of course the original series only uh, lasted through the third season but another series could have picked it up They did do an episode of Voyager that had a similar idea called Blink of an Eye uh, with, uh, you know, some similar uh, things. But, uh, all right, so that's this week's uh, Star Trek episode, Wink of an Eye from Season 3, TOS, Uh, still a classic show in my opinion. I I just, uh, there there are still things, even in the weakest episodes, and and this isn't the, the, the weakest, there's some interesting things going on here, but... Still in weaker episodes of TOS that I still get a kick out of to this day. So, uh, so and you can watch all this stuff streaming everywhere these days. The big thing lately, if you don't know, you can watch, um, you know, they, they did all the high-def uh, conversions of the TNG episodes along with TOS remastered, of course. Still haven't done, of course, the um, DS9 or Voyager Enterprise is high-def, and it is out there on Blu-ray because of the fact that it was filmed that way uh, from the era. But we're still missing DS9 and Voyager. Who knows if that'll ever happen? But TNG now is streaming in high-def on Netflix. So if you haven't bought the Blu-rays, you can watch it streaming on Netflix. Keep in mind one little thing, and I I always like to point this out to people who have kind of said, well, I don't buy discs or Blu-rays or anything anymore. Even streaming high def is not quite as high def. It's been compressed, so it's not quite as crisp and clean as the Blu-rays will be. They're pretty close. It's pretty good, and it looks nice. And and sure, if you don't want to pop out 50 bucks or whatever they are per season on Blu-ray, uh, that's, that's cool. And it certainly is a huge improvement over the original TNG episodes. Uh, I mean, it's just a night and day thing. TrekCore has put out lots of neat videos on YouTube about comparing the the original uh dvd versions to the blu-ray remastered uh tng episodes and it's it's just crazy how how improved it looks it, it's just great i i always say these days i can't i can't even watch standard def anymore i can't watch dvds i can't watch uh standard definition of video or anything it's just terrible i've become so spoiled uh by everything but um so um so, yeah, so there we go with uh, our Star Trek episode and a little bit of follow-up with uh, what you can watch streaming. Uh, it's interesting, though, you know, that Netflix doesn't even have, I don't think they even have all the movies streaming. Uh, I think they're missing a couple, perhaps. I bounce between Amazon, say, Amazon Prime and Netflix for watching Star Trek stuff. And I have Blu-rays, too. But if for, for a quick look, you know, on, like, my iPad or if I'm out and about somewhere traveling, streaming is is great to have. Uh, all right, um, I think I'm going to take a short break. I will come back, and we'll wrap up uh, today's podcast.
4: I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Tricks and
0: Sci-Fi.
3: All right. Hope everyone's enjoyed this week's show. A couple of announcement type things. Uh, please check out patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Trex in Sci-Fi. There you'll be able to, uh, you know, support the show. And I have uh, podcast uh, hosting dues coming up here for DreamHost, which I use for uh, hosting the, the podcast, all the shows throughout the years and, and all the stuff on the uh, stuff on the web uh, the, the main website, the forum, and so forth. And and check out the forum if you want. Uh, just send me an email, treksf at gmail.com if you want to become a member there. We have a Facebook group as well. Uh, the the Patreon effort is mainly to me uh, help me uh, build this new little set that I'm doing. I actually am going to order some other parts today, some switches and things. I, get to, I have mounts for the monitors that I've got now. I'm going to be buying a bigger screen for the above screen. Uh, soon as well, so it's coming along. I'm kind of targeting, somewhat hoping to have it done by the end of the year, by the holidays. Uh, that's at least my plan right now. I'm hoping uh, don't have too many. I got some traveling at the end of October, or early November for both uh, Austin Comic Con uh, on Halloween weekend, and then I have a little uh, work thing the first week of November out in Las Vegas. But uh, I'm hoping I'll have enough time between now and the end of the year uh, to finish up what I want to do. So. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, I think that's about it uh, that I wanted to say. Uh, oh, I'll give you an update on the schedule. Next week, uh, Mark will be here. He's going to look at some classic sci-fi uh, themes, some musical themes, I believe, uh, from classic sci-fi uh, movies. Uh, so Mark M5 will be here with that. And on the fourth of October, in two weeks, I guess that's just two, is that just two weeks away? Wow. Uh, I'll be here with... I've decided to do a Indiana Jones vidcast. I've covered the Indiana Jones films. I think all of them now, even Crystal Skull. Uh, but uh, I want to cover... I love Indiana Jones. So I want to do a video cast and just kind of give an overall coverage of the whole property. And I'll give my thoughts while they shouldn't recast it. <laughs> Although I, I'm slowly becoming a little more accepting just because I love the character so much. So if it's done right and done well, maybe we can. I could live with another person playing Indiana Jones. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but um, anyway, that's on the 4th of October, and I'll be laying out the rest of October pretty soon, too. So if anyone wants to guest host, just give me a shout at treksf at gmail.com. Love to have somebody new or even people that have done shows in the past who haven't maybe done one in a while. Hey, let me know if you got an idea for a subject. I know Chris and I have got an idea for something we want to do, uh, probably either late October or early November. So, all right, I'm going to get out of here, try to keep this pretty pretty tight this week, and I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed it, and we are at 10 years plus in a, a couple of episodes now. Oh, my goodness, heading on to a year 11. Oh, and I just also realized that starting this year, we have like a Star Wars movie, a new Star Wars movie every year for the foreseeable future. For the next like five or six years, we're going to get a Star Wars movie every year. Is that is that incredible? Yeah, I mean the next three we're going to have one th- this December, next December, and then uh, the just following May of next December. So we'll have Episode Eight in May of 2017. Gosh, that's 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 a shocker. That that's the that's that's going to be the biggest one where we'll only have about a five six month gap between uh, uh, Rogue One the in-between movie and episode, uh, eight. Wow. <laughs> and I did hear one little spoiler. There's spoilers all over the place and I'm not going to reveal it here, but there was one pretty significant spoiler in a way. I don't know. I guess it's a spoiler, but there was a cast member that's been semi-confirmed for episode eight, which makes you think that that particular cast member will still be around after episode seven. Uh, probably. You know, it's from a certain point of view, like Obi-Wan said. So, <laughs> all right, with that, I'm out of here. Everyone, take care. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
1: This has been a Rick Dosti production.